0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12, to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goli to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, TheGratitudeChick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at the gratitude chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at BabesWhoManifest for TikTok, and gratitude underscore chick for Twitter. To your reading corner with the gratitude chick. So, we are still on the book, Maximize Your Potential Through the Power of Your Subconscious Mind. We are on chapter five still, because you know, as I've stated a couple times, these chapters are super duper long. So, we are going to pick back up in chapter five, where he's starting to tell, you know, different stories to kind of coincide with the theme of the chapter. So we're picking back up here. As a reminder, I do read with my own commentary just so that you guys know. And if you're just now listening in, we are about 170 pages in. So I would say go back to chapter one or episode one and start there. So Dr. Simonton was a doctor at Travis Air Force Base. And he speaks of the first case he treated in the Air Force. This case, he said, was that of an Air Force navigator. He was a non-smoker who had a cancer on the roof of his mouth and also one that was larger in the back of his throat. The cancer on the roof of his mouth should have had a cure rate of 20 and 30 to 50 percent. The cure rate for the one in his throat was about 5 to 40 percent. Collectively, however, the estimated cure rate would probably be about 5 to 10% since it definitely worsens the situation to have two cancers arising at the same time. He taught the patient to relax and visualize returning to perfect health. He He did this visualization three times every day and the results were truly amazing. Today, he no longer has any evidence of cancer in his body. Dr. Simonton provides further insight into this amazing healing. I should emphasize that he was an extremely positive patient. This is Dr. Simonton speaking. He was also very cooperative and after one week of treatment, the tumor was beginning to shrink. After four weeks of treatment, the ulceration had no growth evidence of tumor. And so it was doing essentially the same thing, showing a very dramatic response. It was generally outside my experience to get such a dramatic response in two separate tumors in such a short time. After one month, there was one small ulceration healing nicely and about 10 weeks after treatment, the roof of his mouth was essentially normal in appearance. The truly beautiful thing was that the lesion in the throat showed the same response as the one in the mouth and on routine examination, it was impossible to tell where the throat tumor had been. Only three months after he had been taken off flying status, this man had unanimously, excuse me, this man had unanimous clearance from the head and neck tumor to go back on flying status and resume his profession. With the aid of relaxation, meditation, even patients considered terminally ill of cancer have recovered. He brings out that they must want to get well. You know, some people don't. Some people, as you know, want to be sick. And I hate to say this, but there are so many people. Like I am the admin of a a gastritis group. And it's like 41,000 people in this group. And I'm one of the admins, I should say. And just reading through the comments, there are people that, some people that just post all day long. And it's like they get some kind of happiness by people saying woo 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 to them and they just love the, the attention that they get from telling everybody how sick they are and then there are some people that you rarely see and that they just post and ask for advice but the people that post all day long every day those are the people who love being sick and, and so this this I definitely agree with well, that, that's very interesting, and I thought I'd pass that on showing you the powers of imagination. There are, of course, people who misuse that imagination. There is a businessman who is successful prospering, and he imagines empty shelves, bankruptcy, and the poorhouse, and all this sort of thing. <laughs> if he keeps that up, of course, he can go broke. But he's prospering. The things he is imagining don't exist at all. But he is running a movie of bankruptcy and empty shelves. No customers and all that sort of thing. If you run a movie like that in your mind, it is going to come to pass. And this is why I keep telling you guys, protect your, dom- your dominant thoughts. Because your most dominant thoughts are what you are bringing into your reality. But I definitely am going to do this this visualization because I have of course you guys know that I was diagnosed with um, gastritis and then I went from having 20-20 vision to now I can barely see a couple feet in front of me without glasses so I'm going to do both vision and that to see what happens stay tuned surely you can imagine sickness you can imagine failure and you can misuse any power but it's foolishness to do so. A coat, metaphorically, is a psychological covering. You can wear the coat of fear or faith or confidence or love or goodwill. You can wear a wonderful coat, can't you? You wear a garment, physically speaking, that is appropriate for the occasion. You wear certain garments when you engage in sports, other garments when you go to work, and more elegant clothes when, you, when attending a banquet, an opera, and so forth. These are physical attire, but we also wear mental garments. These are attitudes of mind, moods, and feelings you entertain. You have the capacity to clothe any idea in form. You can imagine anything. You can imagine what is lovely and of good report. Of course you can. You can imagine your friend who was poor living in the lap of luxury. You can see his face light up with joy, See his expression change and a broad smile smile cross his lips. You can hear him tell you what you want to hear. You can see him exactly as you wish to see him. That is, he is radiant, happy, prosperous, and successful. Your imagination can clothe and objectify any idea or desire. You can imagine abundance where lack is, peace where discord is, and health where sickness is. Imagination is your primal faculty and takes precedence over all other powers or elements of your mind. You have many faculties, but your imagination, when disciplined, enables you to collapse time and space and rise above all limitations. When you keep your imagination busy with noble, godlike concepts and ideas, you will find it is the most effective of all the faculties in your spiritual ongoing. Imagination controls the whole conceptive realm. Whatever prison you may be in, you can imagine freedom, can't you? Imagine yourself back with your loved ones doing what you love to do. So the prison was a prison of fear, sickness, lack, or limitation of any kind. You can imagine your freedom and continue to do so until it is objectified. Then after gestation in the darkness, the manifestations come and your prayer is answered. The man who was hurt on the ball field, sprains an ankle, a tendon, or whatever it might be, goes to the hospital. Doesn't he imagine himself back on the ball field, kicking the ball again? If he didn't do that, he'd still be in the hospital. He'd never leave the hospital. He leaves the hospital because he says to himself, I'm only going to be here four or five days or a week. And he's back on the ball field in his imagination. You know very well that's true. And you know very well, if he didn't imagine himself back on the ball field, he'd never leave the hospital. Now, I, I, okay, so I can I can see what he's saying. Um, when I had my hysterectomy, I knew at some point I'd have to go back to work. So I give I give what he's saying. You don't you don't really stay where you are in your mind when you're hurt. Eventually, you know you'll have to go back out and do things. So I think that's what he's saying here. Now, I grant you that there are people who don't want to get well. They rejoice in their misery, as they call it. They get attention and all that sort of thing. There are plenty. Well, of course, you should want to get well. God's intention for you is that you express yourself at the highest level, that you exercise your faculties at the highest degree. Yes, there are a lot of people in this world, friends who do not want a healing. They don't. Yes, they rejoice in their misery. They talk about it. They say my rheumatism and pat their leg gently, you know, say my arthritis and my migraine and so on. And this is why I don't say my gastritis. I always say either gastritis or the gastritis because I don't want to claim that. I don't want to take ownership of a disease. I don't want to do that. That's not my thing. Consider for a moment a disciplined, talented architect. He can build a beautiful, modern 20th century city in his mind, complete with super highways, swimming pools, aquarium parks, and so forth. He can construct in his mind the most beautiful palace the eye has ever seen. He can see the building in its entirety completely erected before he ever gives his plans to the builders. Where was the building? It was in his imagination. I explain to you that to imagine is to conceive. Whatever you can conceive, you can give it conception. Now that is pretty deep, so I'm going to read that again. I explain to you that to imagine is to conceive. Whatever you can conceive, you can give it conception. It is to impregnate your subconscious mind with a picture of the idea, the ideal. And the invisible things of him from the foundation of the earth are clearly visible. Yes, so that soul, the ancients said, can see invisible things in your mind. Where is the invention? Where is the new play? Where is that secret invention of yours now? Isn't it in your mind? It is real. It has form, shape, and substance in another dimension of mind. And that is a really good way of looking at it because I never thought that to see it in my mind is conception. That is deep for me, that is deep for me. Believe you have it now and you shall receive it. With your imagination, you can actually hear the invisible voice of your mother even though she lives 10,000 miles from here. Mentally and spiritually, she is right in front of you and she is telling you what you long to hear. After all, we are all mental and spiritual beings. Of course she's there and she is telling you what you long to hear. What is it you long to hear? She is telling you about the miracle of God that is happening in her life, how she is vital and alive, bubbling over with enthusiasm. She is telling you what you long to hear. You love to hear it. You can also see her clearly and as vividly as if she were present. This is the wonderful power you possess. You know very well you can do that. You can develop and cultivate this power and become successful and prosperous. Suppose your mother is sick in the hospital. You don't see her in the hospital. You have knowledge of truth. You are fastening that state on her. That would be a frightful thing to do. It would be an awful, stupid thing to do. If you know the laws of mind, you realize the healing power of God is flowing through your mother and divine love is healing her. Divine love is guiding her and divine love watches over her. So it's more, we can do more than just pray for someone's healing is basically what he's saying. We can visualize them being healed and send that out to them. Because like I told you guys in a previous recording, I had already started praying. When I pray for people, I, you know, ask the Lord to send them love and peace and joy and happiness and, and all that, you know, protection and safety. And so now what he's saying is we don't, you know, just have to pray it like that. We can actually sit and visualize the healing for that person. The, you know, whatever it is that they're asking for. That is, that's deep. I might have to try it. Divine love watches over her. Divine love dissolves everything unlike itself. Divine love is guiding the doctors and nurses and all who minister to her. That will be your affirmation. But your affirmation has to agree with your image. Your image must agree with your affirmation, and your affirmation must agree with your image. Therefore, you don't see her in the hospital. She is right there in front of you, and she is telling you a miracle of God has happened. How wonderful she feels, how she is touched by the Almighty. You touched me. I feel virtuous, and that's what you want to see. Then you are really praying, and then you really understand the laws of mind, and you are a good practitioner. But if but if you affirm one thing and you image another, that's called hypocrisy. And you get no result because your image has to agree with your affirmation. No joke, I literally just said this on Twitter. This guy was talking about, you know, he didn't know what to do with his life. He doesn't make very much money. And, you know, he was just down on himself. And I was telling him, you know, he was saying that nobody had raised him to be you know, anything but what he is. You know, nobody told him any good things or whatever. So I was trying to tell him that he has the power within himself to go and search for knowledge. And I gave him two books to start with, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind and The Science of Getting Rich. And I told him, start start here at these books. But then I told him, and understand that you have to change your mindset. You have to go in knowing that Once you're reading these books, you are going to believe and internalize what it's saying so that it can change your mindset because you cannot achieve anything in life if your mind, if your thoughts are thinking a different thing than what your your mouth is speaking. When they are at odds, you get nothing. I literally, literally just typed that before I pressed record to record this episode. Kismet, right? Okay, nothing could be simpler than that. Often, I say that 99% of the people don't know how to pray. Oh, yes, they are using wonderful prayers, but they are seeing the father, the mother, the son in jail, or hospital, or sick, or something else. And this is true. How many times do you pray for someone and you are seeing the end result negative? If a person is in the hospital and they're asking for prayer for their parent or whatever... We're praying about them being in the hospital. And that's kind of the dominant thought about that person in our mind. So although the prayer is nice, how we're seeing them is a contradictory to what we're asking. So the prayer goes nowhere, really. Now that's deep. Haven't you heard a sales manager say he had to let John go because his attitude is wrong? Yes, your attitude, changed attitude changes everything. The business world knows the importance of right attitude. Your mental attitude means your mental reaction to people, circumstances, conditions, objects, and space. What is your relationship with your co-workers? Are you friendly with people, with animals, with the universe in general? Do you think the universe is hostile? The world owes you a living? In short, what's your attitude? So realize that your attitude is that God is guiding you. There is right action in your life and you radiate love, peace, and goodwill to everyone in the world. As you change your attitude, you change your entire universe. All phases of of your life magically melt in in the image and the likeness of your attitude. If you imagine, for example, that the other is mean, dishonest, and jealous notice the emotion you evoke within yourself now reverse the situation begin to imagine the same girl or boy is honest sincere loving and kind notice the reaction it calls forth in you are you not therefore master of your attitude in reality the truth of the whole matter is that it is your real, real concept of god that determines your whole attitude towards life in general Suppose a teacher says your boy is slow in school or he is retarded or something. Yikes. He can't learn very well. Let's assume you are the mother. What do you do? Let's also assume that you know the laws of mind and the way of the spirit. Do you sit down in your chair or couch, relax, mobilize your attention? You relax first. Relax the body, of course. Your mind becomes quiet. You can say to your toes, your toes are relaxed, my feet are relaxed. My abdominal muscles are relaxed, my heart and lungs are relaxed, my spine is relaxed, my my neck is relaxed, my hands and arms are relaxed, my brain is relaxed, my eyes are relaxed, my whole being is completely relaxed from head to foot. When you are relaxed, your body has to obey you. When you relax and believe, your prayer is always answered. If you do not relax, you do not get results. Relax and believe. The almighty power begins to function at that particular moment. And when you relax your body, you are relaxing your mind. Your mind becomes quiet and still. So what would you do with this little boy? You would imagine your son right in front of you. And Jimmy is telling you, mom, you know, I am getting all A's. The teacher congratulated me. And you would realize the infinite intelligence is resurrected in the boy. The wisdom of God anoints his intellect. He is happy, joyous, and free. God dwells within him, walks, and talks in him. You would see a light in his eye. He is telling you what you long to hear as the mother. He said, the teacher praised me. I am doing wonderfully in my subjects. And you would run that movie and you'd keep that up and you would resurrect The wisdom and intelligence of God within the boy, which is dormant. It is there and the mother can call it forth. Of course she can. What is that? Disciplined imagination. The boy will tell you objectively what you heard him tell you subjectively in that passive, psychic, receptive state. Now that's as simple as A, B, C. We are talking about disciplined, controlled, directive imagination. We are talking about the laws of mind. These things work. The modern scientist knows it. Your dominant idea about God is your idea of life, for God is life. If you have the dominant idea of attitude that God is the spiritual power within you, responsive to your thought, and that therefore, since your habitual imagery and thinking is constructive and harmonious, this power is guiding you and prospering you in all your ways. This dominant attitude will cover everything. You will be looking at the world through the positive, affirmative attitude of mind. Your outlook will be positive and you will have a joyous expectancy of the best. That is one of my favorite affirmations. A good example of how one man's imagination created one of the most successful businesses is Howard Schultz, the Starbucks man. It takes a person with vision, fortitude, and unswerving confidence to make a new concept succeed. Schultz was hired to manage retail sales and marketing for Starbucks, then a small coffee distributor that had a few retail outlets in Seattle. He was 29, just married. He and his wife left their home in New York City to accept this new job. About a year later, Schultz visited Italy on a buying trip. As he wandered around Milan, he noticed how important coffee was to the Italian cup culture. Typically, the workday starts with a cup of rich coffee at a coffee bar. After work, friends and colleagues once again meet at the coffee bar for a leisurely stop before heading home. It is the center of Italian social life. Schultz visualized coffee bars like this transferred to America. It had never been done, but, but he felt it could be work because of the high quality of Starbucks coffee. Schultz envisioned hundreds of Starbucks coffee shops across America. Shops business people would stop at on their way to work and home after work to relax. Shoppers would stop for a pick-me-up. Young people would meet their dates over coffee rather than cocktails. Families will come for refreshment before or after the movies. It became Schultz's obsession. He was determined to build a national chain of cafes based on the Italian coffee bar, but the Starbucks owners were reluctant. They were in the wholesale coffee being business. The, the restaurants they owned were only a small part of their operation. To implement his goal, Schultz left Starbucks and planned a new company. In 1986, Schultz opened his first coffee bar in Seattle. It was an immediate success. Schultz soon opened another in Seattle and a third in Vancouver. The following year, he bought the Starbucks company and adopted its name for his enterprise. Schultz believes that the quality of Starbucks will one day alter how everyday Americans conduct their lives. And we know that to be correct. (laughs) If Schultz has his way, a cup of Starbucks will become a basic part of American culture, and it is. His concept has paid off. Starbucks sales have increased ninefold for every year since 1988. Starbucks incurred losses for three straight years, more than $1 million in 1989 alone, but he never gave up. He had a firm conviction that this was the way to build a company and that the losses would soon turn into profits. Once the Seattle stores were profitable, Starbucks spread slowly into other cities. Vancouver, Portland, Los Angeles, Denver, Chicago, and later to the eastern cities and overseas. Starbucks has become a household name all over the world and an exemplar of American marketing ingenuity. And it has made Howard Schultz one of the richest, one of the world's richest people. Many people have a gloomy, despondent outlook on life. They're sour, cynical, and cantankerous. This is due to the dominant mental attitude that directs their reaction to everything. Even when you or your family experiences something wonderful, your mood of joy is usually short-lived. If you are constantly singing the blues. A young boy, 16 years of age, going to high school said to me, I'm getting very poor grades. My memory is failing. I do not know what's the matter. The only thing wrong with him was his attitude. He adopted a new mental attitude by realizing how important his studies were in gaining entrance grades to college in order to become a lawyer. He began to pray scientifically. This is one of the quickest ways to change the mentality. In scientific prayer, we deal with the principle that responds to thought. This young man realized there was a spiritual power within him and it was the only cause and power. And furthermore, he began to claim that his memory was perfect. That infinite intelligence constantly revealed to him everything he needed to know at all times, everywhere. He began to radiate goodwill to the teachers and fellow students, which is very, very important. This this young man is now enjoying a greater freedom than he ever had known for years. He constantly imagines the teachers and his mother congratulating him on his marvelous work, his wonderful reports, It is imagining the desired results that have followed this change of attitude towards his studies. If you imagine you are successful doing what you love to do and you keep that up regularly and systematically and don't deny what you affirm, you have to succeed. And I think the biggest part of this is if you keep it regularly in your mind, you keep affirming in your mind and you don't deny what you affirm. And that to me is a huge thing to state because if your mind, if your thoughts and your words are at odds with each other, what you are wanting does not come to pass. You cannot deny what you are are affirming with your thoughts. Do not deny with your words what your thoughts want. And that is something that you have to keep crystal clear. You can't say, I want a job paying whatever amount, and then with your with your mouth say, Um, I, I I probably won't get this job. You're denying what you're affirming. So make sure that with the words that you speak affirm what you are thinking and wanting and affirming in your mind. Speak the words that affirm. And, and confirm what you have already thought in your mind. You must succeed because the law of mind backs you up. We have said previously that all mental attitudes are conditioned by imagination. We said you would use it two ways. Of course you can. You can use your thought two ways too. You can use any force of nature two ways. You can use nitric acid to burn the body or paint a Madonna on the windowpane. You can use water to drown your child or quench his thirst. Wow, that was rough. There's nothing wrong with water. The wind that blows the ship on the rocks will take it to safety. If you learn the laws of navigation, there is nothing wrong with the laws of chemistry. They are dependable. You can combine these chemicals in a wonderful way to bless humanity and to heal people from various diseases or you can go into the laboratory not not knowing the laws of attraction repulsion or atomic weights and blow up the place this is true you can imagine it's going to be a black day today business is going to be very poor it's raining no customers will come into your store they have no money you will experience the results of your negative imagery Okay, so we're going to stop here. Um, I know we're not, we're like 30 minutes in, but um, it's still like 13 pages left in the chapter. So I'll save that for uh, Thursday's uh, episode so that this doesn't end up being an hour. So um, I hope that this talking about visualization is helping you guys because this is part, this is one of the biggest parts of the certain way that we just read in the science of getting rich, which is visualization. So I think I'm going to do some episodes on it for Manifesting Mondays. And I think tomorrow's episode is going to be a scripture on visualization. We'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll see about that. If I can find it, we'll see. But this is something that all should be practicing this is like our next level we are conquering affirmations right and changing our assumptions we're 12 weeks in this is 12 weeks so i think as we continue with the affirmations let's add in visualization because the affirming and the visualization visualization we already have gratitude under our belts so we're coming and bringing it all in together and this right here which is why I said I no longer really write because everything that I'm doing right now, I'm, the the course that I'm on is all about my mind, not really writing anything. So I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited too. So thank you guys for showing up today on this um, day after Memorial Day. So I know you guys are extremely busy. So thank you guys for showing up and listening in today. Tune back in Thursday. We are going to finish chapter five. And um, yeah, next Monday, I think we're going to do some, maybe some visualization. We'll see. I'll see what I can come up with. You guys have a blessed day. And don't forget to add gratitude, guys, as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.